it's us again to do this with the podcast. I'm Michael K. And I'm Allison. We're going to continue covering the Chrissy Teigen saga, which has honestly turned into a saga. And we covered the first part last week, which took us about four hours. I felt like I was just like saying words for hours and hours. This second part is not going to take four hours. Cut to no. six hours later. <laughs> cut cut to the never-ending story for Chrissy Teigen. Yeah, if we're lucky. If yeah. we're lucky. Because this just keeps on giving. But um, when we last left this, Chrissy put out a really long statement and apology for trolling, bullying Courtney Stodden and others back in the day. We then heard from designer and former Project Runway contestant Michael Costello, who claimed that Chrissy wrongly believed he made a racist social media post, which he says he didn't. It was photoshopped to make him look bad. And he said... Chrissy believed that he did it and recruited stylist Monica Rose into getting him blacklisted and to destroy his career. So Mm -hmm. Michael claims he tried to tell Chrissy he's not racist and never made racist comments on social media. She didn't believe him. She told him he was done and he's better off dead. Yeah, Uh, a a common theme, a a common alleged theme with Chrissy Teigen. Yeah, she had said that to Courtney Stodden as well. And Michael said that he's tr- he was traumatized and suicidal over Chrissy's takedown. Chrissy lost deals with Macy's, Bloomingdale's, and that's kind of where we left things. And, well, we've got an update, and there's some plot twists. And ex- I would say, I don't want to say exciting plot twists. That's not the right word. It's plot twists that are kind of, this kind of takes it into like, um, TV drama territory. Yeah, like like low, low. rent dynasty, like public yes. access dynasties is where this is going. So the accusations against Chrissy came after uh, she complained about all the negativity on social media she was getting. So Courtney Stodden saw that Chrissy was con- con- you know complaining about negativity mm-hmm. and was like, "That's pretty rich because back in the day you were throwing." all kinds of negativity at me. So that's kind of what has happened to Michael Costello. So after Michael accused Chrissy of being a bully, singer Leona Lewis, can you name a Leona Lewis song, Allison? Yeah, the one where she's like, I don't care what they say. Uh, na, 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 na. Is, is that a Leona Lewis song? Yeah. Keep uh, breathing. Breathe. Yeah, keep that's the, yeah, that's her big hit. That's her huge mm-hmm. hit. So she popped up and was like, bowling pot meat, bowling kettle. Because in 2014, Leona said, said, she said this all on social media, of course. So in 2014, she said that she agreed to walk in a charity fashion show and Michael was assigned as her designer. But she says the fitting was a disaster. All of the dresses he brought were sample size, which Leona's not, and none of the dresses fit her, and he refused to have them altered. So he eventually ghosted her and refused to dress her, and it was humiliating, and she never walked in the show. She had to sit in the audience and answer embarrassing questions about why she didn't walk, and she said it gave her body image issues. So Michael responded back, saying that Leona Lewis's claims are bizarre, and that 
he loves her, but that he didn't body shame her. And he says that none of the dresses he brought for her to wear worked. And he didn't have time to make something custom. And it was not personal. It was more logistical. Um, He also showed emails from Leona's stylist asking for dresses as recently as last month. So he says it's, it's just a misunderstanding. She accepted his apology. That was that. So that okay. little Leona Lewis chapter. Wrapped up in a tidy package. For now. But, who mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Who knows what will come out in the future with, with uh, these players. Then a makeup artist named Jordan Liberty accused Michael of sexual harassment, saying that a few years ago, Michael contacted him on social media, said that he's a f- huge fan of Jordan's work and wanted to work together on an upcoming shoot for Michael's, you know, new line. They set up a meeting, and that's when Michael supposedly sent Jordan dick pics. And not just any dick pics, like a collage of dick pics. A collage. Oh my god, like like a fantasy wall. Like a um, an intentions mood board of dick pics. Well, the dick pics, the collage, was apparently Michael's Costello's dick different angles which okay first of all do not send pics unsolicited dick pics unsolicited yeah if someone if someone wants a dick pic go ahead send it to them make their dreams come true but if they haven't asked for one they don't want to see that nobody likes getting that nobody likes being on the receiving end of that but if you you know if you are and they're okay with it i do like a collage i do want to see it from different angles different lighting you know i I would like a profile with it i want to know its likes its dislikes you know i would also like some reviews from past users so i the dick collage is a good idea just don't send it unsolicited yeah at the end if you are going to do a dick collage try to do from like um you know uh a ground up angle like perspective a bird's eye view kind of like a topography map so that we can kind of see where it spreads yeah and michael may have done that we we jordan did not uh share the yeah cockage with us but but jordan didn't want it that's the point yes jordan did not appreciate it he was going through chemo at the time and he told michael that it was uncomfortable and you know he that he he didn't want to see his dick so mm-hmm. Michael unsent the picture. And so on the day of the meeting, Jordan was like texting Michael, like, you know, and, well, you know, we're still going to meet at this time. And Michael kept pushing him off. Mm-hmm. And finally, they talked on the phone. And Michael, he, Jordan says that Michael said these horrible things to him, which he's not going to repeat and hung up on him, blocked him. And that was that. And Michael didn't directly respond to Jordan's claims, but he did say on social media that people are making things up for clout. Okay. We got another accusation. Um, Fashion designer Maxie J, who is a black woman, said that Michael once bought a, a dress from her for $200 and then sold that dress as his own design on his website for $1,000. The audacity. They ran into each other at a fabric store, and she claims he got in her face, accused her of stealing his designs, grabbed her phone, threw it across the room, 
and called her the N-word. And that led to a physical fight. And the police were called. Um, Maxie later dropped the charges because she learned that she could face charges herself since she fought back. She says he started it, but she did fight back. And so she was afraid she would get charged for that. So she stopped pursuing the matter. So yeah, you don't want charges. And he hasn't responded to that directly mm-hmm. either. So basically, we heard that Michael Costello could be a horrible piece of trash too. And then Chrissy responded to Michael's accusations that she tried to destroy his career and wished death on him. So Chrissy Chrissy pretty much denied everything. Mm -hmm. She posted an Instagram response that started with, what the fuck are you doing, Michael Costello? Uh, Which is, I guess, a good thing to start with if you're going to deny everything. And said he was lying about a lot of it, and she threatened legal action against him. So when Michael first accused Chrissy, he posted DMs from 2014 that showed Chrissy threatening to destroy him and telling him that he'd be better off dead. Chrissy claims those DMs were 100% photoshopped, that they're totally fake, and she never said any of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says she never made threats to him, She never conspired with Monica Rose to do so. And in fact, she didn't start working with Monica Rose until 2016. So Chrissy also said that since 2014, Michael has left nice comments on her Instagram page. Um, So it doesn't make sense that, uh, you know, she was trying to take him down. It doesn't make sense if he was, if she was trying to take him down and he's leaving all these nice comments about her. So she claims, and she claims that, um, His team has also offered to dress her throughout the years. So she also got very Detective LaToya, or at least her team did, probably her team. Mm -hmm. And she pointed out that when Michael first posted the DMs between them, her name was spelled wrong. I didn't see that. I must have, I didn't see that part. And she says that it, it was later changed. So like he took it down and changed it. And so she also pointed out some other stuff, which I will read for you. So she says, or her publicist probably wrote this, but says, a closer look at the alleged 2014 screenshots plainly shows that they feature her old profile photo that was changed in 2016 alongside a video chat function that Instagram did not launch until 2018. In addition, the alleged 2014 screenshots also include a color format, which Instagram launched in 2020. The old profile picture and these new Instagram features could not coexist in the same authentic screenshot. Recent media investigations had confirmed these inconsistencies as well. So she got law and order. Yeah. (laughs) Law and order, criminal intent. Yeah, so Chrissy ended by saying she's not trying to harass Michael, but she's trying to clear her name and hopes he will work on becoming a better person like she is. Michael denied making it all up and said that Chrissy's denials against his accusations proves that she's a bully and he's not making any more statements about this. Chrissy also stepped away from her cleaning products line with Kris Jenner, which is random in itself. But mm-hmm. when, like, when Kris Jenner doesn't want to be associated with you... There's really something wrong. Yeah, you need to definitely uh, retire back to your living room and 
reflect on your life. Yeah, look, take a good hard look in the mirror. And there's also a rumor that Chrissy wants to tell her truth in an interview with Oprah. So that's where we are right now with this saga. It's true. It's so weird that she would walk away from the cleaning supplies, though, because her life is such a mess right now. That doesn't it seem like a great branding opportunity? Well, but she these are like chemical free. She needs the hard shit. She needs some... She needs to deal with Lysol. She needs to deal with Lysol, Mr. Clean. Yeah, none of Bleach. this like... Yeah, none of this, you know, like margarita for germs. Yeah, you know, not like, even... No. Not even like a not even a brand name bleach. She's like just like the bleach, the chemical compound bleach. The she just needs to hook up yeah. with them. <laughs> just like the scientists that are making like the type of chemicals that have like the warning sign, like the skull and crossbones, or the yeah. one that's the skeleton hand that's like you gotta wear gloves when you use this. This is serious. Yeah, or all of the above. So mm-hmm. who's between Michael and Chrissy? Whose team are you on? If oh any, because we're I'm I'm we're not on either team. No, I mean team nobody is an option, yeah, right? Anybody but them. Team team sitting in the stands eating popcorn and being like, "What a mess!" <laughs> I'm not on anyone's team, obviously. Like, um, because at first I believed him because I was like, obviously, Chrissy Teigen has a very unhealthy relationship with the internet and social media, and it would not surprise me if she threatened to you know, kill someone's career. Um, But then also, like, I can't deny the fact that, you know, that detective worked really hard to find that evidence. And I would say the biggest piece of evidence is that her name was spelled wrong. Like, I feel like if you're going to fake something, you definitely need to just throw some spell check on it. Just make sure the name is correct. Um, But also, why would why would anyone try to fake something with Chrissy Teigen. That's the thing. It's like she has tons of fans, fans who have tons of times on their time on their hands, mm-hmm. who will gladly, you know, use their magnifying glasses to exonerate her. And not only that, but Chrissy Teigen is very rich. She mm-hmm. can afford to pay people to do what she did, which is to point out why these are fake. So yeah. you really have to be. Either stupid or bold to do that. Like maybe Michael thought, well, her reputation is in the shit can so much that everybody's going to believe me, which they pretty much did. Yeah, Everybody's going to believe me and nobody's going to question her. And when she denies it, they're not going to believe her since she has a history exactly. of this but- shit. But what he forgot about is that Chrissy Teigen doesn't have any jobs anymore. So she has got more than enough time to pick apart a screen grab. And he forgot his alleged sexual harassment harassment in the past. And he forgot that if he opens this door, that will open the door to that. And people will come out and say, well, bitch, you know what? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like as the great poet name, like Naomi. Whoa. (laughs) Let me try that again. As the great poet Naomi Campbell once said, uh, or recommended that you check your lipstick before you come for her. And that's what he forgot to do is he forgot to check his own lipstick. His lipstick was uh, his own accusations. And he kind of forgot about those. Yeah. Yeah. He probably should have thought about that. Well, and he should have known Chrissy brought this shit upon herself by calling out negativity online. 
So he mm-hmm. should have known the same thing's going to happen to him. But, you know, it's like sometimes when I'm talking shit on the Internet, which is every hour on the hour, you right. know, I, I tell myself, like, Michael, you really need to grow up. But now <laughs> I look at, like, 30-year-old Michael Costello, who uh-huh. possibly faked DMs to make Chrissy Teigen look worse when she already looked pretty bad and to possibly get attention. And, I, you know, and by comparison, I'm like a well-adjusted grown-up. So Michael you're like, has you're, done that you're in, for me. You're practically an elder statesman, Michael. Practically, yeah. So thank you for that, this yeah. whole situation. Yeah. Also, I mean, there is a third option in this situation, which is that um, Chrissy Teigen, uh, like, you know, orchestrated a whole thing where she's like, it's fake. The DMs were fake, blah, blah, blah. But maybe because one of the things, too, is that they're like, um, it wasn't my profile picture and like there wasn't a blue check on my name and all that stuff. But maybe maybe Chrissy Teigen has an alternate Instagram account and she's just too lazy to think of a fake name. So she goes by Chrissy Teigen with like three S's or something. Yeah, Um, she misspelled it. Yeah, that is that's a possibility that anything anything can happen. And, and I'll go one step further. I'll even give her credit. Maybe she has forgotten about her own alternative accounts that she's used to cyberbully people. We don't know. She's got a lot going on. She messages a lot of people. Could have slipped her, could have slipped her mind. Yeah. But, you know, with all that being said, they, I know that they're fighting, but they really, like, belong together. They yeah. really, like, yeah, they should team up. An anti-bullying campaign. That Those two. It gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, it gets worse. It might get better if I get an Oprah interview, but for now it's pretty bad. Okay, so we're moving on to uh, another example of a person who fucked up while using the computer, except this was unintentional. This was not an intentional situation like Chrissy Teigen. So last week, HBO Max sent out an email to their subscribers, which is not weird because, you know, if you sign up for a streaming service, you're going to get a million and one emails. And anytime you like sign up for something or buy something online, uh, this is but this is my version of an old person doing stand up comedy. By the way, it's like aren't there too many emails? There's too many emails now. Yeah. Anyways, so the point is HBO Max. They sent out an email, which is pretty normal. But the body and the subject of the email was really weird and very confusing for people. So the email subject simply read integration test email one, and the body of the email said this template is used by integration tests only. That is very confusing. It was more confusing than the final episode of The Sopranos. And I'm an HBO subscriber, and I didn't get that email, so I feel really left out. Oh, they must have only selected... Uh, the VIP. The, the VIP, VIP of tier. HBO Max. Yeah, the VIP tier. <laughs> that's like <laughs> that's going to be a weird flex. They're like, uh, I got the integration test email. Did you? No, I didn't. Oh, well, that's probably because you're not the highest tier. Anyway, so um, people went on the internet because they're like, what the hell is happening? Like, what is going on here? Is HBO self-destructing? What HBO integration test? Who are they integrating with? Um, Also, like, the template is to be used by integration tests only. Like, did I get some kind of weird CIA email? Um, And so after a lot of people were talking on the internet, a couple hours later, HBO Max addressed the situation on social media uh, in which they fully threw an intern under the bus 
So thoughts and prayers go to interns everywhere. They're truly the most disposable people in a company. And HBO Max was very happy to push them out in front of everyone and blame the situation on them. So HBO Max tweeted, we mistakenly sent out an empty test email to a portion of our HBO Max mailing list this evening. We apologize for the inconvenience. And as the jokes pile in, yes, it was the intern. No, really. And we're helping them through it. So that was kind of a common joke that people were making was, you know, they're like, oh, did an intern fuck up? And the answer is, yes, an intern fucked up. According so, to them. A- according to them. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very easy. And of course, they did make it seem like, you know, oh, everything's fine. We're helping the intern through it, which if it really was the intern, uh that intern definitely left the building with a, yeah, a box new, and all their stuff. They're looking for a new internship. Yeah. They're they're knocking down like the door to like Peacock and Hulu and uh, Netflix and Amazon being like, hi, I yes, I'm the intern who fucked up with the email. But, you know, <laughs> I promise I won't do it again. So after it happened, a lot of people on the Internet um, started kind of sharing their own stories about, you know, messing up while being an intern. Um, so one person gave an example. They said that they, you know, tracked their period on their computer, but it turns out it was like a company-wide calendar that they were updating constantly. Um, Another person said that they sent out a press release 12 hours before it was supposed to go out, and they ended up, like, tanking the company's stocks. Um, And then some people point out that Netflix messes up the titles and descriptions all the time, and they never have to release an apology email for it. Um, So... First of all, Michael, was this actually the work of an intern or is HBO Max covering their asses? It's not. It wasn't like even a bad email. No, not like they spilled. Like, I'm always afraid. You know Mm -hmm. what? I'm always afraid is like and we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm texting someone and I'm talking shit about someone else, my fear is I'm going to accidentally text that person. Yeah. So it wasn't like that situation. It was just some stupid, you know, nerd talk, integration, whatever. So yeah, it was probably the intern. Yeah, they probably could have just completely ignored it and nobody would have cared. No, that's why it's like, why even respond? Like, who cares? But they, you know. Yeah, they helped interns everywhere. Except where it counts, which is making sure interns get paid. Wait, although are is uh, unpaid inter- internships, is that illegal in America? I think it is now. Okay. I, I'm sure. I hope the intern got paid. I would, I, especially HBO. Yeah. It's HBO. not, if not, and they got fired, they're better off. Yeah. I. They have the money for it. As their slogan says, it's not TV, it's HBO. They have the budget to pay their interns. Except with that being said, um, HBO Max blew so much money on that Friends reunion that I feel like they can't afford to pay anyone anymore. So oh no, they, they still have tons of money. They could have paid them 10 times as much and they're still <laughs> rolling in that shit. <laughs> I need to find an HBO Max sugar daddy. Yeah. Okay, so Monica Lewinsky responded. She wrote the whole Dear Intern thing because, you know, Dear Intern started trending to the intern. Mm-hmm. So she wrote... Dear intern, it gets better, heart emoji. P.S. Don't wear a beret for a while, okay? <laughs> or a, yeah, a blue dress from the Gap. Don't wear that. And don't go anywhere near Bill Clinton, basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, also, that intern is like, yeah, I won't wear a beret. They're like, I'm literally sitting at home on my couch unemployed now, but... 
Thank you. Yeah, and um, I'm Gen Z. We don't wear berets. That will cover our middle part. Yeah, it's they'd be ugh, beret, gross. Yeah. So has anything have have you ever been an intern? First of all, I've never been an intern, but have you ever fucked up on the job like this? No, because I, same thing. I was never an intern. I could never afford to. Okay, be an let's intern. say like an, an assistant or whatever. Oh, have or you like ever had like a huge fuck up beginning jobs kind of oh yeah i definitely have so one time when i was like i've always kind of had like entry-level jobs i've never been like a manager or anything like that so um i was well i say that i was an office manager but that's not the same thing um so we used to have uh because i worked in advertising we had like a whole bunch of like wine in our back storage area that we would give to clients or like you know we would if people had later uh sessions we'd bring out wine to i don't know woo them or whatever and um so when i i like inherited my job and the girl who was before me was not good at her job and so she was like introducing me being like okay well here's the room with all the bottles of wine like our boxes and cases of wine give them to clients send them to clients for congratulations whatever and i was like okay great i don't really drink at that time i was not drinking at all and um so like one of our clients had a reason that i had to send them a bottle of wine i don't know why they got promoted or something and i sent it to them and then this girl i worked with who was like really mean um so i know that she definitely enjoyed making this phone call to me she like called me and i was out it was like 8 30 at night or something so i was either out or at home or something and she was like did you send so-and-so a bottle of wine to congratulate them? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, did you get the wine from the back room? And I was like, of course. Like, she's, they were redundant questions. She knew. And she was like, did you check the expiry date? Or did you think to drink any of the wine before you sent it out? And I was like, The no. expiry date on yeah. wine? Yeah, it's cheap-ass wine with an expiry date on the side but of the box. Even then, it's probably better when it's older. Yeah, so apparently not. Apparently, uh, the person like opened it up and um, poured themselves a glass and was like, this is bad. Yeah, vinegar, like cat pee vinegar. And so she like called our office being like, don't anyone drink that wine. It's like poison at this point. And so anyway, I'd been sending out rotten wine for like months. So that was that's not your fault. Well, she shouldn't be asking you to drink that shit. Yeah, well, it's true. When she was like, did you drink the wine? I was like, uh, you know I don't drink. So no, I didn't drink that wine. Too bad you didn't know me because I would have been right over and I would have drank. I would have made sure every single one of those bottles was good. I mean, it would have. they would have been empty by the time you needed to send them. But mm-hmm. um, Did you ever um, have a fuck up when you were early in your career? I mean, I've always fucked up at jobs. I mean, some some stories I'm too embarrassed to tell, so I'm not going to tell them. They're going to go to my grave. Um, The most fuck up I ever did in a job, which wasn't even a job. I was a volunteer, which is, I guess, kind of like (laughs) an intern. And it was I was like 15 years old. It was at my mom's job. She worked at a hospital. She worked in the radiology department. And they would give me all this responsibility. And I think probably because I was free. And like <laughs> scheduling. So I scheduling. Like, yeah. So I would like schedule five hour procedures like at five o'clock on a Friday, five o'clock PM on a Friday. So the, the doctors would come into the office and like yell at me because I <laughs> and what? so I would I was I would fuck up like that. Like Doogie Hauser, I was not. 
Dookie Hauser is more like it. That that was me. But yeah, that I fucked up so much on that job. But you know what? I was 15 and I wasn't I was getting paid lunch, which was like mashed potatoes and jello. So it's fine that I fucked up. But yeah, Le- that job, which wasn't even a job, I fucked up the most all the time, oh left God. and right, every well, hour. Michael, it's like they always say, you know, if you're paying a mashed potato and jello job, you're going to get mashed potato and jello work. Exactly. And that's what they got. Okay, so this is a story about betrayal, revenge, and foreign travel. Three of my favorite things. Um, This is about two women who found out that they were dating the same guy and decided to dump him and go on a girl's trip together. This sounds like a TLC reality show. Like side piece vacations. (laughs) Side piece vacations. The other woman abroad. Exactly. That's a good other No, the other broad abroad. Yeah, the other broad abroad. So the New York Post says that a woman from Houston, Texas named Kristen Bishop was dating a dude they're calling Adam. They don't want his name out there for some reason. So um, Kristen and Adam, they met on Hinge last August, and they were dating. And things were going so well that they planned a trip to Turkey together in April. Because what pandemic? Yeah, exactly. Like, you guys are traveling? Yeah, let's just go to Turkey in April. So about four days before his romantic Turkey trip, Adam turned out to be the ultimate Turkey, specifically a cheater. Kristen got a call from a woman named Sophie who said that they've been dating the same guy and they've been dating for around the same time like eight nine months and Sophie only found out about Kristen recently. Kristen didn't believe Sophie at first but then Sophie FaceTimed her from Adam's apartment and they confirmed they were indeed dating a douche who was playing them both. So they decided to get him back. This is like that this is like that um, Cameron Diaz movie. Was it Cameron yeah, Diaz? Yeah, Cameron Diaz. It was Cameron Diaz. Um, Kate Upton. Kate Upton and, then, and Leslie Mann. Yes. Okay. With a cameo by Nicki Minaj. Yes. Uh, this is, yeah, this is the other woman goes to Turkey. So they made a plan for Sophie to also go on the trip to Turkey. And Sophie and Kristen wanted to confront him at the airport in Turkey together. So Sophie went on a different flight than Kristen and Adam. When Kristen and Adam flew into the airport, she met up with Sophie in the woman's room on the down low, and they finished, uh, you know, planning out the they fin- they talked about the finishing touches on their revenge revenge plot. Mm-hmm. Kristen then confronted Adam, told him she knows everything, showed him pics of her and Sophie together and told him to fuck off, that all reservation in his name were changed to Sophie's and to never contact either of them again. Kristen uh, said that Adam was stunned and was speechless. And Sophie then entered the scene and Sophie and Kristen walked off into the turkey sunset together and Adam just stood there. But that wasn't the last they saw of Adam. Uh, Kristen and Sophie, they said they had a great time in Turkey. They totally bonded. They became friends. They made beautiful memories together. But on the flight back home, guess who was sitting in front of them? Uh Uh-oh. The Turkey. It was a movie movie executive. 
who wants to turn their whole story into a buddy comedy. But no, that that's going to happen. But it was not a music uh, movie executive. So it was Adam. And he tried to talk to them, but they weren't interested. And they just chatted away in front, uh, in back of him. Kristen said she wanted to share her story as a warning to other women to trust their gut. This is like the most expensive reboot of Brandy and Monica's music video for The Boy Is Mine. But with a happy ending. Yeah, I think I think Brandy and Monica had a happy ending too. They do? How does it end? They like, oh, Brandy opens the door and okay. then Mo- then she opens the door and Monica's there and then Tyrese, I believe it's Tyrese. Their boyfriend is Tyrese. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah, and then they like, he stands there and he looks embarrassed and they shut the door and then they're friends. Yeah. So it's fine. This is, yeah, this is like Boys Mind Sands the fighting because I don't think these two fought. They were just like, oh, okay, we're both dating a cheating whore. Let's get back in him. Yeah, there was no back and forth. The boy is mine. They're like, oh, the boy is also yours. I don't want the boy anymore. Yeah, I'm we good. neither of us want him. We yeah. want a trip to Turkey together. Um, but have you ever gone on a revenge trip with uh, your man's side piece? Have I ever gone on a revenge trip? Yeah, with your man's side piece. I don't go on regular trips. <laughs> no, I definitely have never boy is mine via turkey yeah no i've never been tlc's the broad abroad with uh some side piece have you have you ever met up with like a side piece and then no, like, become no. friends no 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 i've been confronted by someone's wife but sadly what we, we didn't go to turkey together yeah oh, no. we didn't go to turkey together did she did she at least pitch the idea of turkey to you no sadly no oh. maybe uh a one-way trip to hell for me <laughs> But no, not Turkey. And she didn't, even offer, she didn't even offer to pay for it. How rude. But um, so, <laughs> see, they, these two took a risk because oh, yeah. what if they hated each other? <laughs> well, I mean, literally the only thing in common is that they were like both fucking that dude. So uh, like at worst, what if they hated each other? But, like the like that's bad, but it's, it would also suck too if they just like didn't really get along. Like if they didn't really like each other. Like imagine yeah, if they're like, like they let's had nothing a- in common and yeah. they just sat there. And also like Kristen was hoping for a trip with her boyfriend. So she was hoping to get stuffed left and right in Turkey. And she now she wasn't. <laughs> yeah. She's like making eyes at the other girl. She's like, so how do you feel about all this? She's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good with my own room. Thank you. That's what's going to happen in the movie version of this. They're going to fall in love. They're going to be Maybe. in the fantasy suite together. <laughs> This is where Allison and I will quickly talk about five stories, starting with Nick Cannon. We previously talked about how Nick Cannon's jizz is no joke, and he created four babies within one year. So he recently confirmed that he's expecting his seventh child with girlfriend Alyssa Scott. And a little over a week ago, another woman, Abby De La Rosa, gave birth to twins she made with Nick Cannon. They have named the twins, wait for it, um, Zillion Air Cannon, and Zion Mixolydian Cannon. His other children's names are Golden Cannon, Powerful Queen Cannon, Moroccan Scott Cannon, and Monroe uh, Cannon. Moroccan and Monroe are his twins with Mariah Carey, so who would guess that Mariah's babies with Nick would have the most normal names? Oh, they're practically like... uh, Emily and John. Evan and Emma. (laughs) Yeah, Michael and Allison. Yeah, basically. That's what they're practically like. I mean, 
Zillion, sorry, Zion is like a, that's a normal name. I've heard that name a bunch of times. Zion's totally common. Zillion, I don't know about that because every time he introduces himself, it's going to be like, who's on first? Like, my dad is Nick Cannon. My name is Zillion. Yes, Nick Cannon has a zillion kids, but what's your name? Zillion. Yes, I know he has a lot of kids, but what's your name? Yeah, and he's not a zillionaire. He's like, he's, he'll be lucky if he'll get like $10 with how many kids Nick Cannon has. Hey, like man. that pie. See, I'd rather be zillion than Zion Mixolid- Mixolydian. That sounds like a medication. <laughs> it really does. Like, if you think Zion Mixolydian is right for you, please contact your doctor. Side effects include embarrassment because your name is your name is Zion Mixolydian or whatever. The Gossip Girl reboot is coming out on HBO Max next month, and this isn't your mama's Gossip Girl. And yes, your mama, because everybody who watched the original is like fifty now. So, yeah, it's uh, old. but. Yeah, but in this new Gossip Girl, the cast is diverse and there's going to be lots of sex and threesomes and such. But creator Joshua Saffron um, says that there's going to be no slut shaming, no cat fights, and that the characters this time around are very aware of their wealth and privilege and they wrestle with that in a way the originals didn't. Boo! I want slut shaming. I want cat fights. I want flaunting money. I want elitist snobbery. Yeah, yeah that's... It's, it's going to be like have, every cast member is going to be like Vanessa. <laughs> Poor Vanessa. Yeah. Yeah, I want fun. Yes. I want fun gossip girl. The name gossip is right there in the name. Gossip tells you you're about to have a good time. The teens on this one are do not sound like they're going to have as good of a time. I mean, Gossip Girl herself will be like, please, does anyone have any gossip? Nobody I know is tacky or selfish or terrible. There's no dirt at my school. Yeah, it doesn't. This is not Gossip Girl. And you know they try to get AOC to guest star. <laughs> as a teacher. Or Bernie, or Bernie Sanders. But, you know, I don't even know why they're bothering to make these characters all woke about their privilege and wealth like we've already seen that and it's been done better and i'm talking about when share in clueless organized the pismo beach disaster relief fund like they can't top that no why try she's she's obviously the the height of uh wealth awareness yeah <laughs> wealth awareness okay it's no secret that victoria's secret has been in the dumps in the past few years and sales and stock continues to f- continue to fall so the fall of victoria's secret has been happening for a while but it sped up in 2018 when the cmo at the time ed razick said that they don't cast any plus size or transgender models in their annual fashion show because they're selling a fantasy he was out of a job a year later and they also announced that they were no longer doing a fashion show well they've made more moves to keep up with brands like rihanna's savage fenty which has been inclusive since the beginning. Um, They're changing their name. First of all, they're changing their name to Victoria's Secret and Co. And they announced that they're rebranding to appeal to more women. So they've gotten rid of the Victoria's Secret angels completely. And they signed soccer star Megan Rapinoe, Priyanka Chopra, transgender model Valentina Sampio, plus-size model Paloma Elliser, 
uh, Amanda Decadene and others to be the faces of their VS collective. The brand will be more cause-driven and be more about inclusivity. Too little, too late? Yeah, I mean, it definitely is because we know what Victoria's Secret said those years ago about, you know, people who didn't look like the Victoria's Secret angels. But here's the thing. I'm a I'm an internal optimist and I will always wish people the best. I'm not a dream killer. So I am glad that they're changing some things, but I hope that they don't change everything. So for example, I am a Victoria's Secret shopper and I would be very disappointed if they suddenly stopped selling $5 underwear that fell apart after one wash. Oh, you can count on that. Only now probably be 10. So thank, yeah. thank goodness. Okay. Yes. They still have the heart of the business model there. Yes. And I like, I'm with you. Like this is a gossip girl situation to me. Like Victoria's Secret is Victoria's Secret. Like they're not Fenty. They're not whatever. They should, to me, they should have kept the angels, but they should have, and the fashion show, but they just should have made it more inclusive. You yeah, know, make, cast keep plus it, size keep model. It, cast yeah, keep it trashy. Model. Yeah, keep it trashy, but let everybody, but cast, make it diverse. But yeah. um, I went onto their website and they still smell, uh, they still sell Love Spell perfume. So obviously they're still okay with spreading evil. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's okay with them. Yeah. That shit smells vile. <laughs> Sarah Paulson was on The Tonight Show and talked about the time she went to a makeout party at Carrie Fisher's house. This was obviously a while ago since Carrie Fisher was still alive. And it was long before coronavirus, which is good because, I mean, the thought of a makeout party, and I'm a huge slut and I still want to put on 10 masks just thinking about a makeout party. So Sarah said that guests included Shirley MacLaine, possibly Queen Latifah, she wasn't sure, and Matthew Perry. So guests were asked to pull out a name of a hat and whatever name they pull, that's who they had to kiss. Sarah said that Matthew Perry pulled out her name and then immediately left the room. She knew he pulled her name because he told her. And when she suggested they kiss, he said no. Sarah thinks he didn't want to kiss her because they had a mutual friend, which I I don't know what that has to do with kissing. It was probably because she's not a barely legal Instagram model. So it, it wasn't her fault, but he didn't want to kiss her. But Sarah did end up kissing Matthew Perry when they played Leathers on Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. I forgot about that show. I know that's worse. That's more awkward. Uh, now, the only way, though, that could have been a more awkward situation is if he had rejected her like Chandler from Friends. Like if he pulled the thing up and was like, oh, could I be any less interested in making out with you? That's what Chandler would say. Yeah. Well, Chandler's kind of desperate. He'd probably take what he could get. No, no. T- Chandler's got standards. No, he's good. What are you trying to say? Sarah Paulson is above like... Sarah Paulson's High a queen. Up. She's a queen. Yeah. I'm th- no disrespect to her. This is these are jokes at Chandler's expense. But doesn't that party sound weird? Or is it I mean, just you know you uh, know that everybody wants to pull Shirley McLean. That's what I'm saying. First of all, I would pull out and if it said Matthew Perry, I would have been like, oh, it says Shirley McLean. I gotta kiss you, Shirley. But <laughs> it's like it up really a quick. Make out, a makeout party. <laughs> They'd be like, it would everything, it should be a Russian roulette party where it's like Everybody pulls out a thing and it's like the paper's blank, but like people hope that the one that they pull out says Shirley MacLaine and then they're the lucky winners who get to make it with Shirley MacLaine. 
Yeah, or Queen Latifah, if she was there. We don't yeah. know. Or Carrie Fisher, or Carrie Fisher. There's a lot to choose from. So, and let's end this part with some good news for Pride Month. Um, Carl Nassib, a twin, uh, who is a 28-year-old football player, he plays the defensive end for the Las Vegas Raiders. I honestly thought the Raiders were still from Los Angeles, so that surprised me that they're in Las Vegas now. You but, two uh, things. Carl came out as gay in an Instagram video where he said that he's been thinking of coming out for a while and he's not doing it for the attention. He's doing it because representation is important. I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. Um, I just think that representation and visibility are so important. Um, I actually hope that like one day videos like this and the whole coming out process are just not necessary. Um, but until then, you know, I'm going to do my best and do my part to cultivate a culture that's accepting, that's compassionate. And I'm going to start by donating $100,000 to the Trevor Project. They're an incredible organization. They're the number one suicide prevention service for LGBTQ youth in America. And they're truly doing incredible things. And I'm very excited to be a part of it, to help in any way that I can. And I'm really pumped to see what the future holds. And he's hoping that in the future, coming out videos like his won't be necessary. Carl is now the first active player in the NFL to come out as gay, which is crazy but true. Mm -hmm. His team supported him as well as other athletes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, him coming out means a lot because obviously, like, even if you don't follow sports, it's a it's a big deal because you understand the optics of what football is and what football represents and all okay, that stuff. Yeah. So now that I'm moving on from that, here's my joke. So he's he is the obviously the first out player in the NFL, but he's not the first out man in the NFL. That would be the Chicago Bears mascot, Staley DeBear. And while Staley DeBear has never officially come out, I'm assuming he's gay because he's got bear right there in his name. Does he is he a player? No, he's a mascot. He's oh, a bear. Okay. He's a bear, but bear backslash bear. I'm assuming. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Wait, is that the bears? Yeah, the bear. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Let me look him up. What's his name? Staley. Staley bear. Staley the bear. Oh, he is so not gay. You sure? Yeah, he's not even carrying iced coffee in any of these pictures. <laughs> yeah, he's not gay. But, um, okay, so you know this uh, Carl is 6'7"? What? He's 6'7". Oh, wow. So if Carl's type is skinny, fat, old, grouchy gays, he can bust a touchdown in this loose end anytime. We are going to do show and tell this week. Um, this is where Allison and I talk about something we're into or into-ish in my case. So my show and tell this week is a TV show called Physical on Apple Plus. But I have a disclaimer because okay. this show is not for everyone and many, many people hated it. Oh, okay. some some, some critics say it gets better after episode four. There are only three episodes are out. I've only seen those three. So I'm going to start with the bad. Mm -hmm. Let's start with the bad. So based on the trailer, like I thought physical was going to be like glow, but about aerobics, right? Because it's that's like set in the 80s. Yeah, that's the vibe I got too, is I was like, you know what? It looks like it's almost a Xerox copy of glow, which I'm good with. 
but aerobics instead of mm-hmm. wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was going to be campy and light, but it's nothing of the sort. It's a dark comedy. Uh, it's about uh, a San Diego housewife played by Rose Byrne. She pretty much hates her life. Um, like many women in the 80s and like many women and people now, mm-hmm. she uh, she has like a she has major body issues. Mm-hmm. She has a fucked up relationship with food. She suffers from an eating disorder. And there's like trigger warnings galore in this. And she's not only cruel to herself, but she's cruel to ev- nearly everyone around her. And that's the other thing. In every episode, you hear her internal thoughts. Like she does voiceover of her thoughts, uh-huh. right? And they're all pretty much negative, mostly. And it starts to get old. But she has some bitch, she has some good bitchy lines. Okay. But it's like her internal monologue. Like, and that's throughout every episode. And it does start to get old. Mm-hmm. So the um Rose's character then discovers like aerobics and it's her joy. It becomes like her escape and the only thing she loves. And then the show follows her, like as she becomes a Jane Fonda type. Right. So the good. Mm-hmm. The good is the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I grew up in the 80s, so 80s nostalgia is my favorite protein. So there's a lot of that. They play Point of No Return in one episode. The music is great. Um, the costumes are great. The 80s touches, like, it's all good. Um, there's a white rabbit convertible in it. Oh, which incredible. I appreciate it. Yeah, that sold me. And most of the characters are unlikable, but I don't... Like, a lot of people don't like that in a show. I don't mind that because most people in real life are unlikable. Yeah. So, it's like if you want totally likable, it's like, I don't know. What show has completely likable characters? Care Bears, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Care Bears, Dynasty. Dynasty. Yeah, that's uh, true. Beverly, yeah. Beverly Hills Teens, Melrose Place are likable. But, okay, um, it's a handful and, of shows. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, the breakout star is Rose's, like, aerobics guru, this woman named Bunny. And she's the one that drives the white rabbit convertible. And Bunny is played by Della Saba. And honestly, she was so perfectly cast. She is so 80s. Like, she reminds me of Pia Zadora or E.G. Daly. (gasps) Yes. Okay. I love E.G. Daly. Yeah, so she is a bright spot for me. And so is Rose's wig, which is horrible. It's like a perm, like Ogilvy home perm, Mm -hmm. but a wig. It has like a life of its own. It's like, it's it's a separate character. Like, it's so bad, I don't think even think Nicole Kidman would wear it. That's how bad it is. She loves wigs. She loves a shitty wig. wig. She loves a bad wig. And so, so yeah, so if you love the 80s, you love bad wigs, bitchiness, anaerobics physical might be for you but again it's not for everyone but it might be for you if you love those things yeah it might scratch it might scratch your itch yes your 80s nostalgia itch Mm -hmm. possibly okay i have a question does rose burns husband bobby cannavale does he show up at all no he does not sadly okay well points taken off for that yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe next season if that happens, if it gets another season. Okay, here's prayers to that. So my show and tell is also a television show. And I'm 
kind of the the way that I'm going to present mine is sort of the same way as yours, where it's like, this is not something I'm in love with, but this is something that I enjoyed. Like to say, like, I feel like a lot of my show and tells are like, I feel like they're life changing in my life. But this is one where it's like, you know what? I liked this. And that's all I wanted of it was I just wanted to like it. And I liked it. So um, my show and tell is Rutherford Falls, which is on Peacock. So again, a streaming service show. And Rutherford Falls is, um, it was created by, it's like co-created by three people. Um, Ed Helms, Michael Schur, who created Parks and Recreation, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Good Place, like uh, he was uh, executive producer on The Office, um, and Sierra Teller Ornelas. And she was a writer on, I think, The Good Place and Superstore. Um, so anyways, it's starring Ed Helms as um, this guy who, uh, he lives in a town called Rutherford Falls, and it was named after his, like, uh like great 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 grandfather whatever lawrence rutherford and um rutherford falls is located on land that belongs to the minishanka nation so that's obviously a made-up um uh, tribe and so ed helms is friends with um uh, his character is friends with Janish Meeting. And so Janish Meeting runs um, a the Minishanka uh, Cultural Center out of the casino. And so it's both of them. So Ed Helms's character runs the like history museum of the town. And what the kind of basis of the show is, is there's this statue of Lawrence Rutherford, his relative, or Big uh-huh. Larry. And um, he decides that, or like they decide they want to take it down. And then okay. because it's like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, we don't want Big Larry in the town anymore, whatever. But then Ed Helms gets like hyper focused on like the heritage of the town again. And then like the Minishanka uh, people and like, you know, Gina uh, Schmeeting's character. It's like they want to focus on like the cultural aspect of, you know, their town and what the actual roots of it are and stuff like that. It's very funny though like it may i'm making it sound like it's like a serious it sounds show. like shit's creek okay it's funny but without you that. like but because it's peacock yeah. they can't curse or anything right do they curse no they don't really curse yeah but it's funny you say that because ted from shit's creek is also a character on this show so it's kind of like the way that i feel about it when i watch it is it's reminds me a lot of parks and recreation except it's not a fake docuseries like parks and rec was yeah yeah, yeah. which I'm okay with because I that format to me, I it's not cute to me after a while. Like I'd rather just toss yeah. it and be like, just yeah, yeah, make yeah. it a show. It's um, hit or miss. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's very like I love shows about um towns. I love shows about like um, <laughs> towns. <laughs> about like Well, um, I got a show but- for you. <laughs> it's called Las Vegas. And it's oh, nice. Nikki Cox. Was she in that? Nikki Cox. I think Vanessa so. Marcel. Anyways, yeah. James so Conn's like, son, was he not in it? Yeah, I think Scott Conn. <laughs> yeah, he no. might have been in it. Anyway, no, so you I'll like shows it. about towns. Exactly. It's like, if you also like shows that uh, are about museums, this is a very relevant show to those who live for museum-based content. Um, but it's like, it's a, like a charming show. It's very funny, though. Like, there are some episodes that made me laugh out loud. Um, but it's like, it's a, yeah, it's a charming, it's a cute show. It's funny. It's well-written. Um 
anyways, yeah, it's like, it's one, okay, it's also one of those shows where I saw Peacock promoted the shit out of Rutherford Falls. I feel like in my neighborhood, I was constantly seeing um, transit shelter advertisement for Rutherford Falls. And I'm like, that's weird because we can't even like get Peacock here. Like, or I don't know if we can subscribe it. With that being said, I can't tell you how I uh, got this show. <laughs> I came I came to it by perfectly legal ways. Um, but anyway, point is, I kept seeing posters for it. And I'm like, you know what? I follow like, I follow some of the people on Twitter. They're very funny. Let's see what it is. And I was like, you know, what? I like this show. It's good. It's very good. And it's 30 minutes. 30 minutes, like super easy. See, I'm saying it's very good. It's like, it's enjoyable. It's not the best show I've ever seen, but it, it scratched an itch for me too. Yeah. Physical is 30 minutes too. So there we go. We got two 30 minute shows. Nice and tight. One in and about, out. yeah, one about aerobics and eating disorders in the 80s and the others about a statue in a you got it. town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So take your pick. So that ends our show and tell. That ends this episode. Um, if you have a question for us or a note or whatever, email us at dtp at delisted.com. So till next week. Au revoir, Michael. Bye. <laughs>